Welcome. This is Talking Joy, creating joy, inner peace, and authentic connections. My name is Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and I am founder of lifestyle brand Talking Joy. As a certified spiritual director, I have been leading groups with the power of words, the strength of positivity, and the gift of joy. During our time together, our focus will be on simple spiritual practices that can be applied to your everyday life with the wisdom and support of others. Talking Joy talks to help you realize your value. I am so glad you're here. Simple, joyful, fun. Let's get talking. Today, I'm talking to my good friend, the Reverend Amy Sandlin, about her hospice work and about faith in something greater than ourselves and how to find hope in the unknown. When Amy and I met in late January of this year to record this podcast, neither of us knew a pandemic was about to unfold and how many people would be suffering unimaginable loss of loved ones. This beautiful and tender conversation is about moving away from fear and finding hope with the dying. We touch on ways for finding peace, comfort, freedom from regret, and a more hopeful outlook for the future. This is an invitation to think about death in a new way. Perhaps you will discover that there is something else beyond this life experience, something much more beautiful than this, a place with light where there is freedom to move and where we will see our sacred face-to-face. At the end of the podcast, I will read the poem referenced by Henry Nouwen, Twins in the Womb, a meditation on dying and caring. So I know this gentleman because he and I coached field hockey together for years. We started the field hockey program in our town for the little kids. His wife was a hospice chaplain, and uh, she retired. And when she retired back in January of last year, she called me and said, you know, I'm going to retire. Are you interested? And I'm like, I can't go that far away because she was going to Sussex County. And that's, you know, an hour plus, and I still had kids in grade school. And a husband who travels for business, and I said, no, I, I, I can't. She's like, all right. Well, then comes to September, she calls me and she says, how about Warren County, which is my county? I'm like, absolutely interested. Yeah. You know, and so it just kind of fell right in my yeah. lap. So she recommended me to the director, the new director for this particular company, who met with me along with the whole team. And I was like hired in like five yeah. minutes. Yeah. Um, and one of the reasons that I was intrigued in talking about this and one of the reasons that I read that little story by Henry Nowen about the two babies in the womb and thinking that there was life, something beyond, mm-hmm. you know, being born into life and that there's this love here of, from a mother, um, is that I, it's in my experience at the end of life, which we're all going to experience at some point, um, either for ourselves, definitely, and, but also with people that we love, um, and that it's not something that I feel like we talk about enough. And I think that it, a lot of it is fear-based. I think people yes, are, yeah. are very afraid. They're very afraid of that hospice word. Mm. You know, hospice isn't a diagnosis. Hospice is not the death sentence. Yeah. Hospice is a group of people, dedicated, caring people, who come together to assist you on your journey from this life to the next. Yeah. That's it. We don't take away your medications. We don't take away your food. We don't take anything away. Yeah. We try to make it the most Do you also think that, that, that I, I hear what you're saying there, mm-hmm. but do you also think that um, the word hospice also means that the end is closing in? It is, and, and it does. And then again, that's where that fear is. It does. It's uh, Generally, you're supposed to be uh, diagnosed within six months of death. But now I have seen people be on hospice for a year yeah. and then come off of hospice yeah, and get I discharged. Think. So it is, but yes, 99.9% of the time, 
it's it's a, a journey to death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the experiences that I've had in my life, um, and maybe you can relate to this with the work that you've done, is that I had an aunt who was diagnosed with um, cancer, and you know knew she was going to pass, and you know was only in her sixties, but did it with this in amazing grace. And it was such, she taught me how to live in her dying because I journeyed with her. I spent a lot of time with her, um, uh, you know, like almost every Friday for the day. And, and then I was with her when she passed, the night that she passed. And um, and I gave her eulogy. And so I was very involved I remember, in it. I remember yeah. reading that eulogy okay. <laughs> and giving my critique. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it, it, but it was so beautiful. And I remember she whispered something to me about not being afraid when it's my turn to go, that if you believe in God, that, you know, that, that all is well, basically. And it gave me such comfort, and it was such a beautiful... It was my first time having experience with death. It was so beautiful. It wasn't um, what I wanted for her. I wanted, our, obviously, for our relationship to continue, but mm-hmm. I do feel like it has continued. You know, I, for yeah. a long time, I would bring a picture of her when I would do workshops and retreats, and... But anyway, fast forward to um, another family member who passed away a couple years ago, and that death was all fear-based. It was terrifying for the family. Um, It was relationships were bumping into, you know, people were bumping into one another. Um, The person that was dying was afraid to die. Um, uh, There was just, it was, so. and this is what somebody said to me. They said that some people have really hard childbirths, and some people have an easy childbirth. And it's the same thing with the end of life, that some people could leave life in a peaceful way, and some it's this, they don't want it, they don't want it, they don't want it. There's a, this resistance around that. And yeah. so have you witnessed that too, like yes. both of those? Both, yes, yeah. both. Some people fight it to no end, and some people welcome it. Yeah. And for some people who are not necessarily fighting it, it's still a very difficult thing for them to do. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, it makes me kind of think, like, what what blocks that? What blocks that? And you do, know? You, do you get, again, it goes back to that word of, of fear, being afraid of the Some unknown. Some people are very, very afraid. Yeah. And so death. tell me what you have seen that has given you hope that you could share. Like, what have you, you know, I will often say to people, like, wow, you got to see behind the curtain for a minute because you, like, that's how I feel with my aunt. I saw Grace in its finest hour. And it was, yeah. it was incredible. Like, birds came to the window. There, there was all this energy about it. And the day after she passed, the birds were gone. It was quiet. Like, it, the room was back to normal, but it felt like it was glowing that night. And so I felt like I saw behind the curtain and I, it gave me hope and taught me how to live my life. And I'm wondering if that would give, you and I talking about this, would give other people comfort when they're facing this same thing. And so you've you've been in on the inside, like you've pastored people. Yeah, um, I think those who are closest to God find it easiest to go. Those who are not, it's difficult for them, and that makes it my job to help them transition you know but sometimes they don't even want to talk about God and that's that's such an important noticing because that's the, really what the crux of what I've been getting at is yeah. that the people that know God whoever that is for them right mm-hmm. people have different names for God and hey God is the divine period right yes. Allah whatever you want to call yeah. God it's God it's just yeah. one 
But I feel like the people who, sh and so that's why teaching spiritual practices is so important to Absolutely. me. Absolutely. Because that is the groundwork to connecting with God. And so if you have those things in place and you trust and believe, even if you don't believe and you, you go on this journey of discovery, then when you do get to a place where you're either journeying, journeying with somebody at the end of life or it's your end of the life, there's much more peace and ease and some of that fear that you originally had yes. has subsided. I mean, I personally have no fear of death, yeah. none, because I truly believe that it's and it's funny, I just watched uh, a video last night by a, a yogi, Sadhguru, S-A-D-H-G-U-R-U, if you want to find him. He's on Facebook and he's on the internet. And he said that we are living and dying at the same time. Mm. And if you think about it, like even if you want to be scientific about it, we are, right? Yes. Because cells within the body are dying at the same time new cells in the body are being born. Mm. So we are living and dying at the same time. Mm. And there is no fear of death because... You're just going to slip from this dimension or world into the next one. Yeah. And hence that story about the baby being Absolutely. born and what the suggestion is really, if you take that story to the end of life, it's like, isn't there something else beyond this? Absolutely. You know, and of course. The first time I was 100% totally convinced of that was uh, I was a young patrol officer and a gentleman had had a uh, aortic aneurysm while he was driving in the middle of the night. His family didn't even know he had left a house, and he hit a telephone pole and was dead immediately upon impact because his aorta burst. And as police officers, you have to go to the autopsy. And I remember walking in that room and looking at him, and I'll never forget this guy's name. I won't tell you just yes. for yeah, privacy sure. of the family, but I looked at him and I went, he's gone. There is nothing there. Whatever was him is gone. Yeah. That's just a shell. That's just a body. You know, and... Um, I recently, one of my first hospice patients, love her to death, man, love her to death. And I have her husband now as a bereaved and um, very concerned about him because she really compensated for him a lot you know, with his, got some dementia issues and whatnot. But anyway, um, we were sitting and talking and she was afraid to get in the bed because her mother had told her as a very little girl, even if you don't feel well, get out of bed because bad things happen in bed. People oh. die in bed. So she was in the recliner, and we were talking and kind of really talking around the issue. Like, nobody wanted to talk about it. But she looked me dead in the eyes and said, I am very, very sick. And I looked her dead back and said, I know. And, I mean, I felt like I saw her soul at that moment, you know? Because I'm like, I'm no, and I'm here to help you. And I will be here for him mm -hmm. when you're gone. So then we did get her in the bed because we're like, you know, this is just so uncomfortable for you. Yeah. And Isn't that amazing, too, um, just as an aside, that whatever we're told as children, we carry our whole lives until, so this is, again, going back to spiritual practices, yeah. being able to name it and unpack it and say, oh, is that really real? Is that really true? Because that's what I would have said to her. Is that true? Has that really been your experience your whole life that something bad is going to happen if you get in bed? You know, or, or, you know, if somebody told me, you know, when I was 10 that I wasn't smart, a teacher, and I believed it. 
And so when I went yes, to you school, did. I did. And when I went and to school with you. you kept telling me I'm not I, smart. And I'm like, yes, you are. <laughs> and I am smart. And I'm, I'm, I'm owning it now. Good. But do you understand that somebody told that to me when yes. I was little and that I carried that as part of my story? Absolutely. And it became a fear of mine. Absolutely. School became a fear of mine until I was offered this invitation to go back because I had a gift for being a spiritual companion. And if I hadn't grown through that, I wouldn't be sitting here with you right now. Right. And so you were able at the very end of somebody's life to get her over that fear. And there's yes. so much, so much beauty in that. So if we can ask ourselves, is that really true? Is that really real? And who told you that? And why do you think they told you that? Because her mother must've had some experience. Probably, probably her mother or someone, you know, I mean, I remember my grandmother talking about her grandmother dying in the bed in the house. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, maybe that happened to her and maybe yeah. that's why her mother said, don't, you know, even if you don't feel good, get out of yeah. bed. So what would you say to people, um, uh, to give them tools or ways that they could approach, you know, sort of this this chapter when when it comes. Um, for the us. first thing I try to do when I go into a new patient is figure out where they are spiritually. You know, I have one right now that um, befuddles me, <laughs> and it's good because he's challenging me to think. He does not believe in anything after this. This is it. This is done. Okay, and it'll be done. And how do you feel about that? And I'm like. <laughs> you know, because as a chaplain, I'm non-denominational, but sure. we all know I'm not, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, so I'm kind of mm, riding that line with mm -hmm. him. And I'm like, are you sure? Are you really sure? So we had a, a discussion about um, creation and the Big Bang Theory. And he said, well, that's why I believe there was a God. I believe God went like that, snapped his fingers. I can't snap my fingers. Yeah. And the world came. He goes, but then I think God left. I said, why do you think that? He goes, oh, because look at the, the galaxies and the cosmos. And he just went on and made more and more and more. And I'm like, yeah, but why do you, you know, and he can't really name for me why he thinks God left this world. And again, I have to go back and talk to him some more. But he even said to me, he goes, come back because we're going to have great conversations. And see, and I, I, as a spiritual director, would ask him, who told you that? And is it true? He said, I'm an engineer. You know, they're very practical sure, people, those engineers. Sure. And I laughed. And I said, so okay. I feel like this relationship that you're going to have with him is both going to challenge you spiritually yes. and him. And, and you'll him. both learn from it. Yes. And do you, can you say that? Have you, you've learned from the experiences oh you're God, having with yes. people? Yeah. I think I, I have seen God. Mm -hmm. I have seen the face of God in people, you know, as they pass. And so for me, and this might sound odd to people, but um, God speaks to me a lot of times through song. And um, I had a patient who was very afraid to die, very, very afraid to die. And she couldn't name it. She kept saying it was the process she was afraid of. And I'm like, I don't think it's the process because we've told you all about the process. Yeah. You know, and then she started saying, my dad's been coming and visiting me. And it happens that folks who are that close to death are visited by others who have passed on mm -hmm. beforehand. And I said, that's because you're afraid and he's here to help you. So let him help you, you know, and um, I had seen her and I was home and I, it was like two days later and I could not get this song out of my head. And it's um, a newer song, uh, Lauren Daigle, uh, Rescue. And it talks about God, well, I will send out the armies to find you, <clears throat> excuse me, in the middle of the night. I will rescue you. Mm -hmm. And as I'm listening to the song in my head all day, and I'm like, all right, Lord, what's going on? Then I got the call that she had passed. I said, that's what it is. You went and got her. Mm -hmm. You know, so for me, 
God speaks to me in song. Things will be stuck in my head, and it's just a matter of me figuring out what is it God's trying to tell me. And so at what point did you recognize that, that God communicates to you in that way through song? I don't know. It's been a long time. Yeah. My own grand passed, and I knew it before my mom called. Yeah. My mom called, and I said, yeah, I know, grand passed. She's like, how do you know? I said, because God's been singing to me. God be with you till we meet again, and Graham used to sing that. Mm. I said, so that's what Graham was saying was, God be with you until yeah. we meet again. Yeah. You know, so, so and it's sort of this was, intuitive ability that you have, which is beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I think that so many of us have that, but we you have we, to tune into it. Yeah, and we also discount it. Yes, we're like, oh, I don't know why that popped into my head, and mm-hmm. you just sort of you slough it off. But I think that you're so open, yeah, to that grace. And that mystery of, of God in the world, um, that you can tie it to the event that is happening. And I think that there's a lot of beauty in that. And that's It's taken practice. practice. It's taken a lot it's of practice. practice, a lot of mindfulness, too. You know, practicing of mindfulness, to be mindful of what's going on within me and within my head. And, you know, and then attach that to my life. Like, what are you trying to tell me? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and there's such an urgency... Um, around this this period you know at the end of someone's life for the people who were involved in it not just the person that's sick um but for for the others and would the advice then be for the others because i i think something struck me when you and i were talking on the phone a while back about um you said that you go in pastoring the person who's who's sick and dying but then you end up being the pastor to the people, Absolutely. the family. Absolutely. I follow the family for a year after the loved one passes. As I was driving here today, I was talking to the daughter of a woman who passed just a little bit ago. Um, so f- oh, funny, because I was thinking of her yesterday. I called the daughter, and they were at her service. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so sorry. She's like, well, you didn't know. She's like, let me call you tomorrow. So she called me this morning. We were chatting this morning. But yes, I end up because that's a very frantic time, almost like an out-of-body experience for the people around it. Because you, yeah. you're, it's, you're in denying force; you don't want it to happen. You're, or yeah, you kind of you know it's going to happen, yeah. but there's a fear around it. Uh, not just a fear of I'm losing you, but a fear of oh my gosh, they're going to die right there in that bed. Yeah, anytime and, now. And my advice, and they get um, frantic. You yes, know? yes. And my advice in those situations uh, is that you are walking into sacred ground. Absolutely. When you walk into the room of the dying or, or you're in that journey in the weeks leading up to it, that you're on sacred ground, meaning that there, God, it is oozing with God, I think. Absolutely. And that's been my experience. And that you, if we're awake enough, and this goes to your hearing through song, mm-hmm. if we're awake enough, and I always say try to be really awake to the experience, really feel the experience in your body and the sensations that are happening around us because I think that then we see we see it, and we get mm-hmm. to experience it on a much deeper level than than in moving away from that fear. But it's in that self awareness again yes. that you're talking about, where yes. you hear songs, which where you have to have that relationship with God. Yeah. If you don't have the relationship with God, it's very very difficult. Yeah. You know, and, and it's like simple things too. So yesterday I was sitting with a family. Um, their mom will probably pass. We're all we're actually surprised she made it through the night, but she'll probably pass today or tomorrow at the latest. Um, and she liked the dog. And the dog is her oldest daughter's dog. And I said, well, put the dog up in the bed with her. She's a little dog, a little uh, shih tzu. And she's like, oh, well, the dog's dirty, and I have to give her a bath before she gets in the bed. And I said, why? And she looked at me, and she went, yeah, really, why? 
I'm like, mom's dying anyway, so you're not going to do anything to mom that's going to cause anything. Except for give her some, some Except, extra needed love. And she did. She was just laid there, and she pet that dog, and she fell asleep, and she fell asleep with her hand on the dog. Mm. And if you tried to take the dog, she woke up and pet the dog again. Mm. So, you know, it was comforting to her. And it's just... The dying have things to teach us if we are open to being taught by them. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, and so what I'm hearing coming out of this conversation is, for people who are listening, that if you're curious about God and about the spiritual life, seek now. Absolutely. So that later you have that you have that in your arsenal, like that tool. Um, for the people who already believe Go deep in your faith. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. get in community with other people now. Um, and that doesn't mean go to church. No. Now, I'm a pastor, so I should be saying go to church, right? Yeah. Tell me what but that means. church is community. Yeah. And you just need to be with your peeps, which I had to find as a seminary student when I found you. Yeah. And I had to find others like you because my spiritual path was so different than everybody else yeah. in seminary. Yeah. <laughs> And I felt that, too, that when we were in seminaries, here I was, you know, a mom of four kids in a suburban New York City town who was living, you know, with a white picket fence kind of life. And I felt this call from God to go to seminary to because I like building communities with women. Mm -hmm. And that's my expertise. Like I meet with people one on one, but I also do small group life. And it was life saving to me when I moved to a town where I didn't know anyone. And I saw the, the richness in that. Then I realized I had a gift in teaching it. But when I went to school, you were so great to connect with because when I was at the fence picking the kids up at school, how was your day? <laughs> People were playing tennis and doing whatever, running around, or there was working moms too. But um, I'm, I'm in seminary, so it was very different. Yes. So it was great for me to find like Right, and I had the same issue. I yeah. had two kids at home that yeah. I was running here and there and everywhere yeah. with. And... Um, the same thing. And still trying to connect, but not even so much that. It's just that our classmates' spiritual journey was so different than ours. The, the one yeah. thing that sticks out in my head, I don't remember if you remember, when we I took do. Christian ethics and Dr. Ott said to us, okay, today, just, just for today, and this isn't really going to happen, but just for a moment, let's consider that we threw away the Bible. And the whole class went, <gasps> and I immediately <laughs> looked up from whatever I was doing on my computer, yeah. not paying attention, and went, okay, let's. Yeah. And the whole class went, <gasps> <laughs> and that just to me that like showed how spiritually different my yes. path was yeah. than everyone else. Well, I felt that same way there too. I felt like um, it was very academic driven, mm-hmm. and people were studying the Bible. Where I felt like I was there because I was studying the ways of God working in people's lives, yeah, and ha- and how that's manifesting in the ordinary everydayness of our lives, and how can we connect? And I believe we connect in two ways. I think that we connect um, in our solitary journey because I think that's so important. And, Absolutely. And I know that you have a spiritual director and I have a spiritual director, but I also spend time in, in prayer every morning and I you know, do things that, that heal me and that connect me with God on my own, you know, spiritual walks. Absolutely. And I know you do similar type things. 
but then I also think we grow best in community, and we need both because community holds us accountable. I can go off and have all kinds of crazy thoughts by myself, mm-hmm. but when I come back in, into community, sort of it tethers me down and, and makes it much more realistic, and they also support me, and we grow together as long as it's healthy community, and that's yes. really important to me too is that when I facilitate yeah. community you know, circles and groups is that I have all sorts of guidelines about nobody fixing anyone. and, and uh, well, it's not our job. It's not my job. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I am a licensed therapist, but yeah. which helps in my current hospice job. Yeah. But it's not my job to fix you. Yeah. You know? And I'm not going to fix anybody on their deathbed. Let's be real. There's not enough time. That's up to God. Yeah. And really, if I can just get them to connect with God, I'm, I'm, I'm so, winning. Wow, that's beautiful noticing right there is that you're not there to fix anyone at the end of life. No. You're there to connect them to God, to point the way, to say, oh, I've seen it. It's right here, right in front of us. Um, and that's the beauty of it. That's why yeah. I think it's interesting that you have this guy that's going to help you. He's resisting that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That'll be interesting to hear yeah. later how that yeah. unfolds. I'm very excited. And he's um, he's got a little time, so I can have some conversations with him. It sounds like him. he does. Yeah. Yeah. And he knows it, too. He's like, you know, I'm here because I'm terminal. <laughs> Cracks me up. Some of these folks are really funny. Like One lady that I uh, recently lost, and I'll be doing her service then for her. I came in there one day, and I'm like, hey. And I said her name. I said, how are you doing today? And she goes, I'm dying. What do you expect? <laughs> like, aren't we all? Aren't Every we day, all? we all are. Yeah. I said, you're just closer than me at the moment that I know of. That we know I said, of. I could leave here and get hit by your bus out there in the parking lot. <laughs> and she started laughing. You and isn't know. that the truth? So mm-hmm. that kind of gives you a good perspective on it, too, of, of even though we're sitting with somebody who, who is terminally ill, um, you know, that we all are terminally ill in, yeah. s- in some respect. There's no way out of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're all going to die at some point. Yeah. But see, the idea of dying at some point for me um, and knowing that there's this something else out there. there Absolutely. You know, there, that... that that quote that we used at the beginning from Henry Nowen about that idea of that birthing about there mm-hmm. must be something else. Absolutely. And that to me is your faith calling you when you think, oh, there must be something else. There must be more to life than this. And I think that that's what, that's what a seeker's heart is. That's what's calling me to I am 100% explore. definitely sure there is more than this. Yeah. Now, will I say that's heaven and hell? And this is coming from the pastor. No, I won't. I'm going to say it's another dimension or another world, closer to God. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't believe that we die today and <clears throat> take the God train <laughs> to heaven. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, what would, what would be a word, one word, if you had to use it to explain what that place is? What, what place? Uh, the, the, this other dimension. How, if you had to use one word to describe what that is, what would, the, what would that word be? I'm struggling with that word right now in my own personal journey. Okay. Um, I used to say it was love. Mm. That's what I would say it is. That's what I would, yeah. And do, would you be comfortable sharing what the struggle with that word is? I'm just not at this point in my journey 100% sure that the next dimension is fully God. Mm. Or if there's something after that. And it was struck me just last night because I was thinking about it. I was thinking, oh, you silly goose, you're talking about reincarnation. And I'm like, no, I'm not because I'm not talking about coming back here as something else. I'm talking about moving on in my journey and getting closer to God. Mm -hmm. So now I'm wondering, is there something beyond what's next? Mm -hmm. And that's just my personal. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and I'm wondering if what I'm hearing you say is there are different levels to it, just like there was this level here that there's these maybe. levels. <clears throat> maybe. Sort of yeah, maybe. Need to talk. Not levels in a competitive sense. No, no, no. <laughs> or not a corporate at all. kind of mindset, more of like a uh, from like an energy field. Yeah, because I mean, if you think about people here, you have very, very religious people, very, very spiritual people, and yes, there's a difference between the two. Because I would say I'm spiritual, not religious, mm. because I'm open to everything. So you know, um, I think that the Buddhists have something to offer. The Muslims have something to offer. The Hindus have something to offer. We all have something to offer to this. And who's to say that my path, because I've chosen the path of Christianity, is any better than someone who tro chose a Hindu path? Yeah. And I believe that, too. But I draw the line at um, between good and evil in that sense, meaning that I... I'm open and embrace anybody. I'll walk on anybody's spiritual journey with them, but only on the good side, if that makes sense. Like absolutely. I'll take what's good from those, yes, absolutely. those different things. Yes, that you and just that's what I do. I pick I'll take what's good. The, what's good of and, and yes. take it and use it. And take For it instance, and meditation. Yeah. Buddhist meditation. Yeah. That's good. It is good. It's very good. Yeah. It helps you with your mindfulness. It helps you empty of yourself and to hear the Lord yeah. speak to you. Yeah. And it helps you with that awareness that we were talking about, that if you're going to hear God singing in your ear, there's no way that you're going to hear that if the radio is turned up so loud that you're right. deaf to your life. Right. But if you're awake and, and meditation offers you mm -hmm. a glimpse at what uh, being fully awake throughout your day, like, you know, when we were, when we took the wisdom way of knowing mm -hmm. um, class together a few years ago, one of my biggest takeaways from that class was where are your feet? Yeah. Where are your feet? And not just where are my feet, but the sensation of my feet in my body, touching the ground, and then being fully awake to that feeling of that makes me fully awake to where I am. So then I went out and I was teaching that to people and offering them. Every time, you know, in, in my little town, there's a lot of traffic lights. Oh, Every yes. time you come to a red light. Where's your feet? Where are your feet? On the brick. And I was printing out little <laughs> slips of paper. Where are your feet? Yeah. I'm telling people to put them in their car. Yeah, on your break, hopefully. Um, but that awareness, mm -hmm. that, that tool taught me that same awareness of the meditation. So yes, I think there's so yes. much value in yes. other religions. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but I like the positive ones. I don't want yeah, the ones that say, oh, no. we're going to go to hell. Well, because, that's the other thing you, you have know. to learn on your spiritual journey is to discern the voice of the evil one mm. because you need to know it so you can get rid of it. Yeah. You know, get thee behind me. Satan is my favorite comment yeah. <laughs> when I get to that point as I think of what Jesus did and I said Jesus is right get away get away get out of me get away from me yeah you know it's like no I'm I'm on this side of the fence you stay over there yeah and how do you discern that in your own life that between the two how do you recognize wow I don't you know to put that into words well one thing is um God would never do anything to hurt you because mm. God is pure love so if this is something that's hurting you causing you pain causing it's someone else pain Away. Yeah, that Get sounds away. like a Rita comment, by the way. Yeah, it's yeah. not of God, Pam. It's not of God. <laughs> yes. Can't you see her saying that? Yes, it's not of God, Pam. She said, "Well, that would sound like that's not of God." Like I was telling her something about something that had come into my life that was negative, mm -hmm. and she's that's and it was just so simple. But she it was such a zinger. She's like, "I don't think that's of God, Pam." And it sounds like everything else is lined up so beautifully, and then this came in. And she was so right, and it was so clear. And that's why it's so important to have a companion, because a lot of times, remember I was saying solitude and community? Mm -hmm. Sometimes when I'm in solitude, I can't quite unpack my thoughts, but having somebody else sit with me and yes. journeying with me. Yes. 
I really, from Rita, really, really learned to figure out when the evil one is messing with me. Yes, she, she is good really, at that. really helped me. Yeah, a lot of times early in my journey with her, because I've been with Rita for years now, she would say to me, hmm, is that God? <laughs> yeah, and, and it I, gives you pause, and it makes yeah. you really think. And so yeah. the invitation for anybody listening is to ask yourself, Absolutely. you know, is this of the divine? Because that's is what I used to God? do when I first started trying to discern, is it God? I would stop, and I'd hear Rita in my head going, is that God? And I'd be like, you know what? No, it's not. Get away. Yeah. Stay away from me. <laughs> but I, I truly feel that the hospice work is 100% God. Mm. And part of my job, because fear is evil, mm. is to drive the fear away for these folks so that they can Wow. Yeah. Wow. transition and that, from here that to the to next. to me summarizes, oh, it makes me choked up, but that summarizes the beauty of this work that you're doing it takes special people, Amy, to do this work, and you're a special person. Thank you, And dear. such such a blessing, I'm sure, for so many. But it's exactly what you just said: is that you are um, you're highlighting the that, that it's good and that it's God in that, and that it pushes that fear away. Yeah. And that's really what I started this with: is the people that don't know God are fear based mm-hmm. in the end, yeah. and the people who do know God, you you've witnessed. There's a grace about it, and there's an Absolutely. ease about their passing. Absolutely. And so for people listening who are afraid, go out, get in community with one another, find a spiritual director, you know, get in, mm-hmm. get in, you know, just have coffee with a friend and talk about things that have a little more depth to them. Yeah, I, and that's just it. A lot of people don't want to talk about God with their friends mm-hmm. and family because... Because we've all been told not to, just like politics, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. People so think personal. you're weird because you talk about God. Yeah. Ooh, you talk about God. Yeah. You know. Like, I could even hear my stepmother saying to uh, her sister, well, you have your faith. <laughs> and I'm like, and you don't? <laughs> you know, and I looked at her, I said, whoa, 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 you started to be on this path. And she looked at me, she's like, what? And I'm like, who took me to church as a child? Who introduced me to God as a child? Mm. You know, of course, as a child, I was a horrible child in that, you know, you told me that God flooded the earth and put Noah and his family in a boat. And I went, what? Why? Well, God was angry. Yes, yeah, so? You know, I got kicked out of class all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you did, Amy. I did. Uh, Every week it was like, go see Father. And yeah. I never got an answer. I grew up Catholic, and I have nothing against Catholics. They are yeah. wonderful people. Some of them are so seriously, deeply spiritual that they're awesome. But the Catholic Church did not answer my questions. Yeah. You know, why would God flood the earth and get rid of everybody except yeah. for Noah and his family? So you were always a seeker. You always, always. questioned. You always pushed back. I think I came out of the womb seeking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And God found you. Yeah. Uh, God had a hold of me from day one, girlfriend. Yeah. If God didn't, I might not be sitting here right now <laughs> from, you know, the stuff that I did as a kid yeah. and whatnot. And, and do you see, because I, I see this in my <coughs> own life, my my life unfolded in ways that set me up for this work oh my that goodness. I never saw. Well, we preface this later. whole conversation of what have I done, Yeah. right? Yes. So I went to war for the country. Yep. I came back and I was a police officer. Yep. I saw death. I had to notify people about death clean up death, you know, went on and got a psychology degree working with broken people. And here I am working with broken people again, trying to help them grasp onto some wholeness before they leave this world and go to the next. And uh, when I told Rita, I said, hey, I got a new job. Guess what it is? And I told her, she's like, about time. I'm like, what? She's like, that's where your gifts lie. Did you not know this? I'm like, no, because it's like, 
you know, the yeah. nose in front but of your you face. But you needed to have all of those experiences to, to bring yes. all of those to what to this deep, rich work that you're doing now that's so important yes. and so valuable. Um, so thank you for your gift. No, and, thank uh, you. no, thank God for my gift. Yeah, thank God and you. For and for gift. taking care of me because, you know, I mean, there are some that I get attached to and I do cry when they pass. Yeah. Just because I'll miss them, not because they're going anywhere bad or and anything. And because you're human. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. You're welcome. Twins are talking to each other in the womb. The sister said to the brother, I believe there is life after birth. Her brother protested, no, 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 this is all there is. This is a dark and cozy place. We have nothing other to do but cling to the cord that feeds us. The little girl insisted, there must be something more than this dark place. There must be something else, a place with light where there is freedom to move. Still, she could not convince her twin brother. And after some silence, the sister said hesitantly, I have something else to say, and I'm afraid you won't believe that either. But I think there is a mother. Her brother became furious. A mother, he shouted. What are you talking about? I have never seen a mother, and neither have you. Who put that idea in your head? As I told you, this place is all we have. Why do you always want more? This is not such a bad place after all. We have all we need, so let's just be content. The sister was quite overwhelmed by her brother's response and for a while didn't care to say anything more. But she couldn't let go of her thoughts, and since she only had her twin brother to speak to, she said finally, don't you feel these squeezes every once in a while? They're quite unpleasant and sometimes even painful. Yes, he answered. What's special about that? Well, the sister said, I think these squeezes are there to get us ready for another place, much more beautiful than this, where we will see our mother face to face. Don't you think that's exciting? I'm Pam Rotelli-Robertson, and you have been listening to Talking Joy, talks that help you realize your value while creating authentic connections with others. For more information about our talk today or to get in touch, you can find us at TalkingJoy.org. And to keep the encouragement going, you can also follow Talking Joy on Instagram and Facebook. Simple, joyful, fun. Thanks for listening. This is Talking Joy.